Let's pray together. I took you from the ends of the earth. From as farthest corners I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you and uphold you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, for I will help you. Do not be afraid, you warm Jacob, little Israel. Do not fear, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Heavenly Father, Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh Ireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom. We place all of our hopes and all of our trust. Lord, we declare, God, you are our banner, you are our provider, and you are our peace. We declare, God, your praise is here today, that your name will be glorified here in this place, that you'll take all the glory for yourself, that you'll take full control of this service, Lord. And as you transition now to the message, I pray with humility, God, and with brokenness. I pray, God, that you speak to us. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts for those who are listening here today. Lord, may it be pleased in your sight, O oh God. For we need you. We're desperate for you. Lord, come speak to us today. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We praise you. Pray all these things. In your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. God's people pray. Amen. And amen. Before we begin, can we take a moment to greet our fellow brothers and sisters, our fellow neighbors at this time? The title of today's message is called my help my help and today the passage is going to be found and taken out from first kings chapter 18 and chapter 19. i want to encourage you to have your bible with you for today and try to follow along let's begin with the first passage our main passage here Starting with chapter 18, 1 Kings chapter 18. Let's start from verse 16. It says this, So Abadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, Is that you, you troubler of Israel? Verse 18, I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed 
the bells. Bells is the most popular Canaanite god that is found here in this context, shaped in a bowl representing fertility, sexual pleasure, and strength. Verse 19, now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So let's just pause there real quick and have an understanding of these characters before I continue on, okay? So Obadiah is a godly man. Obadiah is a man that helped Godly people escape from the hands of Ahab and Jezebel. So these two, Ahab and Jezebel, are the power couple here in this context. Ahab is the king of Israel, and Jezebel is a prophetess of Baal, the Baal of the god of fertility that we just talked about. And she promotes this pagan worship, this pagan religion. She is not a good individual. Not only that, Ahab, the king, he would follow his wife, his queen, and he wouldn't follow the ways of the Lord, but he would follow the ways of Baal. So we see right here in verse 16, Abadiah, again, he is a godly man, went to meet Ahab, he is the king, and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Elijah is the godly man here, the prophet of Israel. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, is that you, you troubler of Israel? When you see a prophet, your heart is supposed to be filled with joy. But Ahab is an enemy to this man of God, Elijah. When he is an enemy of Elijah, meaning Ahab is an enemy towards God. He did not have a heart to follow God. And then Elijah defends himself in verse 18. I have not made trouble for Israel, but you and your father's family have. So we understand here that Ahab has abandoned the commands and have followed the ways of Baal. And we see that these prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah, they eat at Jezebel's table, it says in verse 19, again, Jezebel is the queen, the prophetess who is against God and against Elijah. Let's continue reading. Verse 20, so Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets of Mount Carmel. Verse 21, Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. How many against how many? One individual, Elijah, against how many people? 400 prophets of Baal, 450 prophets of Baal, and 400 prophets of Asherah. So that's a total of 850 people against one. It's like a gangster movie. One verse them all. And they said nothing. Verse 22. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left. But Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. 
Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves, and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. I will prepare the other bowl and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord, the God who answers by fire. He is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bulls and prepare it first. Since there are so many of you, call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bowl given them and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning to noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered, and they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder. He's laughing at that. Shout louder. He said, surely he is a god. Perhaps he is deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. He's trolling them. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears as was their custom until their blood flowed. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Verse 30. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Your name shall be Israel. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it, large enough to hold two seeds of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bowl into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, Fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it the third time. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. Then Elijah commanded them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let anyone get away. They seized them, and Elijah had brought them down to the Kishon Valley and slaughtered there. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there is a sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Go and Look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. 
Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose, a heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. Again, that's his queen, that's his wife. The power of the Lord came on Elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt. He ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. He just accomplished two amazing, great, and priceless feats of victories. He just defeated the prophets of Baal, the prophets of Asherah, 850 of them. And he proved to them that God, Yahweh, Jehovah, is the only true God. And the second, the accomplishment, the feat that he accomplished was the rain. It was famine in the land. There was no rain. It was a drought. And God brought rain. And he saw two amazing miracles here in this chapter, verse 16 to 46 in chapter 18. And then take a look at what happens in chapter 19. Many times in life, when we are at a spiritual high, when we think that we are strong and we are doing well before the Lord, this is when you need to check yourself the most. Because the higher you are, the faster you will fall. And in this chapter, you'll see a complete 180 change in Elijah's attitude. And when you read this chapter, ask yourself this question, what happened to this godly man, to this courageous man, Elijah? What happened to him? Why is he so scared? Why is he so afraid? And in life, we will have many victories, but we will also have many defeats. But even in our defeats, the Lord upholds us. The Lord strengthens us. And the Lord is not done with us, and he will continue to do his work in us. So let's take a look at chapter 19. The title says, Elijah flees to Horeb. Starting with verse 1. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. So he's pretty much saying, Elijah, watch out. You're on the wanted list. I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to destroy you. And you see the role is reversed. Jezebel is the leader, and Ahab is the follower as the husband, as the man. And we see a complete difference. When Ahab is supposed to be the king, he is led by the queen, the prophetess of Baal. And you would think in verse 3, Elijah is going to respond with, okay, so what? I just defeated 850 of your prophets, your best prophets. What are you going to do? What is this one person going to do? But take a look at how Elijah responds. And it's actually kind of shocking. Verse 3, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. 
When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. In this context, in this culture, suicide is wrong. Because he knew that suicide was wrong, it's representing that God, take my life. Let my life face death because he saw the situation as hopeless. What happened to the bold and courageous Elijah in chapter 18? And when we read this passage of Elijah saying, I have had enough, Lord, take my life, you wonder that he is only a human being. And as a human being, have you ever felt so hopeless and so weak in life? Where you can utter these words, I have had enough, Lord, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by the food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. This mountain here is the same mountain where Moses saw the glory of God. He saw the glimpse of God. This is also the same mountain where later Jesus and Elijah and Moses, they all reunite and come together in Luke chapter 9. This is that mountain, the mountain of God, Horeb. Verse 9, there he went into a cave and spent the night. Let's continue. The title says, the Lord appears to Elijah. And the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Verse 10, he replied, I've been very zealous, meaning passionate, for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left. I'm the only one, God. There's no one but me. And now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. It's the same story of where Moses sees the glimpse of God, where he allows Moses to see a glimpse of his back as he covers his face. And that's where Moses' face glows with radiance. It's the same story here. Stand there, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then... A great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And underline that if you have it on your Bible. Gentle whisper. Verse 13, when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? 
she replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. We see here God is very patient with Elijah. A lot of times when we turn to our leader and we turn to our mentor, someone that we work with, and we tell them, I can't go on anymore, you would expect to be scolded. You expect to be disciplined. But here in this story, when Elijah says, I have had enough, Lord, take my life, what God does to Elijah is what? He gives him food. And he allows him to sleep. Sleep, eat, and sleep. So that his strength can be restored. Get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. And when we turn to the Lord, we know that he gives rest to his people and he restores his people. Even when we're in our most hopeless situation, God, he protects us and he leads us and he guides us. Ahab is the eighth king of Israel. Again, he is the most evil king out of all the kings. I'll say that. Hands down, he's the most evil. And the person that he was married to is one of the most evil queens, Jezebel, who promoted pagan and idol worship. She is known as a prophetess, a woman prophet. And Elijah is the true prophet. Elijah was a prophet for Israel. As Nathan, prophet Nathan was to David, prophet Elijah was to, he should have been to Ahab. David and Nathan, they got along, but Ahab and the prophet Elijah, they did not get along. Which shows that Ahab was against God. He hated the Lord because he hated Elijah. And the fact is in life that after a defeat, it is not over. There's still more work that needs to be done. There's still more work that needs to be done. And the Lord will feed us and give us strength to continue on in our journey. For today, I had a different message and why I went ahead and chose First Kings chapter 18 and verse 19 is because this week I've been having a series of, of these dreams. And again, I'm not a promoter of dreams, but I know that in this dream, it was a repeat of a sequence that happened. And pretty much just to get the gist of the dream, I was preparing the message, sitting down, all of a sudden... Well, I had the scripture, the Bible here. I had two Bible here in my computer, and I was preparing. And all of a sudden, the blinds just opened, just like this blind. It just opened, and see, I saw a three-figure. And all of a sudden, by instinct, I went out to chase after them. It was nighttime. And in the beginning of that first dream, you know how in dreams where you try to move fast, but you can't? They got me. I woke up, not physically. I was still sleeping, but in the dream, I woke up. 
I was defeated, beaten, everywhere, bruised everywhere, cuts everywhere. And I, I was like, I can't believe I just got beaten by these guys. I don't even know what happened. I blacked out. Then all of a sudden, I see myself, same sequence again, with the computer, with the Bible. Same thing, opens, this time around. Same thing, I go out. I managed to catch one of the guys. I managed to get him down, managed to get the other guys. And then all of a sudden, in front of my house, I see field of people of, again, this is just a dream, but old members, current members, lying down, looking as victims and spreading rumors, saying that I did this, I did that. And ultimately, which led to one of a core member, which I won't mention, but was hearing the truth of this person, believing the lie, allowing that to become the reality. And when this individual turned to me and said, I could no longer follow, I could no longer attend, continue on and spreading this rumor, I looked at myself in the dream. I was crying, I mean, I was in tears, and I said these exact words, God, I, I, can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep doing ministry. This is just too difficult for me. I didn't sign up for this. The dream was so real that I woke up with tears in my eyes as I was crying in the dream. And it became just a reality, a hit. And when I woke up, it led into these two chapters, particularly chapter 19, when Elijah had given up. And I share this dream, and I want to share this passage with you because in life, there's going to be a lot of opposition. In life, sometimes you're going to feel like you're the only one. And there's no one standing with you. And you just want to quit and you want to give up. But I want to encourage you today, just like the story of Elijah, even though you had great spiritual victories in the past, it doesn't mean that you're meant to be defeated. Even when you are at your lowest point, do not give up because the Lord is with you. The Lord is not done with you. He will continue to allow you to sleep and rest, just like what we talked about, sit, walk, and stand. We need to continue to sit in Christ and rest in Christ, and he will allow us to rest, and he will feed us to continue on in the journey. So do not give up. Remind yourself today that he is your help that he helps us in our time of need. And with that, let's understand what Elijah understood. Let's come to the conclusion, the same conclusion that Elijah came to, which is starting with point number one. He is supreme. He is supreme. 
meaning none can compare to him. Not Baal, not Asherah, not Jezebel, not Ahab, no one. Revelation 1a says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Revelation 22:13 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And as always, no matter what we go through in life, you must always turn to who he is first. Not about me. It's not about you, but it's about who he is. He is the first, the beginning. He is the middle, the journey. And he is the end, the last. The beginning and the end. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. For it is through Christ that we're able to get back up. It is because of Christ that we can find victory in this life. The gods, the lowercase g gods during Elijah's time, they were associated with war, power, and strength and sexual pleasure, and fertility, all the worldly things. And they were connected to battles, fiction gods like Ares, God of War, Akkadian, Hittites, Assyrians. They used thunders, thunderbolts, lightning fire, all loud and power, noise. And sometimes we think noise means power, but not God. I mean, yes, he is everything. And we see that God is very different, that he is set apart, that none, no other gods can compare to his characteristics, to who he is. Meaning Yahweh is able to destroy, just like he destroyed in chapter 18, all the prophets of Baal and Asherah. He is able to destroy any of these gods, meaning I am. Let's go to point letter A. I am, I'll just write down I am first, and then add I am to these subpoints. Letter A, who I am. I am who I am. Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 through 15 says, Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Meaning, God, what is your name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. I am who I am. Aye, Ashe, Aye. I am who I am. This is my name forever from generation to generation. So who is he? I am who I am. B, I am omnipotent. C, I am omnipresent. D, I am omniscient. 
Omni means all, potent means powerful, power, omnipresent, all present. He is everywhere. Omni, omniscient. He is all knowing. He knows all things. Psalm 139. Even before a word comes out of our tongue, He knows all things. He knows the thoughts of man, of human beings. He knows all things. Omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. Letter E, a whisper. I am a whisper. I mentioned earlier these Akkadian, Hittites, Assyrians, these gods, they use power, noise, strength, war associated with battle. But we see our God, He calls Himself, I am a whisper. When I say God is a whisper, my point is God is at work. God may seem quiet, but he is at work. He is working. God is doing thousands of things, and we're only aware of just one or two or three. God is always working. God is not always found in big rallies, big concerts, big ceremonies, retreats. But a lot of times he is found in your room, in brokenness, in hopelessness, in the whisper, a gentle, faint whisper. The question is, are you listening? Are you listening? For when you least expect it, he speaks. John 8, verse 58, Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. F, I am the way. G, the truth. I am the truth. H, I am the life. Which comes from John 14, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Meaning God is not just the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But God says, I am a gentle, faint whisper who speaks to you in a gentle manner. I am a God who comes to you to bring you peace and rest. I'm a big God that holds the galaxies and stars in its place. But yet, I am personal enough to draw near to you, the broken hearted. And in this sense, in chapter 19, God draws near to Elijah in a very intimate way. So may you draw near to God in a very intimate way here today. Verse 9 to 12, let's go ahead and read together. It says, there he went into a cave and spent the night. The Lord appears to Elijah, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. 
The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper, and God was the gentle whisper. God was in that gentle whisper. Whisper. We see the Trinity here is present here, one in being, three in person. They're all here together. And we see the gentle whisper, the wind of the Holy Spirit. We see that God is here in a faint whisper, the voice of God. So again, point number one, he is supreme. I am who I am. I am omnipotent. I am omnipresent. I am omniscient. I am a whisper, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Let's go to point number two. Two is, he is my helper, my helper. And now we're going to get personal here. We're going to get intimate here. We're going to use the word my. He is my helper. Who is your helper? It is God. Who is my helper? It is God. It is Yahweh. We use the word help lightly. The word help is not really, we don't really put it high up there in dictionary or in the meaning behind the word help. We use the word help lightly. We don't take it too seriously. But the word here in the Bible, the word help, the word is called ezel. And ezel is associated with Eve. So which means that she will be a helper to Adam. And when we read this in the English translation, you would think, hey, that's kind of sexist. I don't want to just be a helper. I want to be more. I want to be a partner. Well, the word here, Ezel, it stands from the characteristic of God. It's, it represents who God is. And that word, Ezel, is shown all throughout the Old Testament. It's shown all throughout Genesis. It's shown all throughout Exodus. It's shown all throughout Deuteronomy. It's shown all throughout Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and Psalms. It's shown that the Lord is our helper. So, for example, in Psalm 20, verse 1 through 2, it says, May the Lord answer you when you're in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you Ezel, help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. In Psalm 28, verse 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. He exerts me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. Psalm 33, verse 20, we wait and hope for the Lord. He is our exer, our help and our shield. Psalm 115, verse 9 through 11. All you Israelites trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. Psalm 121, verse 1 through 2. I lift up my eyes to the mountain. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It says he is our help. My help, my ezel, comes from the Lord. Deuteronomy 33, verse 29. Blessed are you, Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. 
He is your shield and helper and your glorious sword. Your enemies will cower before you and you will tread on their heights. Hebrews 13, verse 6 in the New Testament in Greek. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. He is my helper. When there is no one standing with me, he is the one that helps me. So point letter A, my strength, B, my shield, C, my portion, D, my deliverer, E, my shelter, F, my strong tower, G, my fountain, H, my help. Going back to Psalm 121, verse 1 through 2, I lift my eyes up to the mountain. Where does my help come from? We know that. That comes from a song, right, Ali? Yeah. Can you sing? I lift my eyes up to the mountain. Where does my help come from? My help comes from you. I forget the words. What's the words? My help comes from you, the creator of the earth. You are my only hope. You're my only prayer. That's all. But that's where it comes from. Psalm 121. Where the word Ezel is shown. My help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. So ladies and gentlemen, the God of the universe is our Ezai. So for Eve to take on the trait of a helper to Adam is one of the most honorable traits that anyone can have, especially as females. God desires to speak his gentle whisper of comfort, love, and restoration to us today because he is our Ezeh. And when we hear the word Ezeh, we need to pause and say to ourselves how amazing this is that in the gentleness and the quietness of his presence, we are restored. God is not only found in the noise or at big events, at retreats, where only the mass gather. But it is only after you have sat under a tree for 40 days and 40 nights and you have gone up to the mountain where you will hear the gentle whispers of God, when you hear the voice, not literally, but the presence of God. And it is in that brokenness where we are restored. It is in that hopelessness where you can utter these words. Lord, you are my strength. You are my shield. You're my portion. You're my deliverer. You're my shelter, my strong tower, my foundation, my help. Leading to our last point. Point number three. 
He is my answer. He is my answer. Oh, heart of mine, come back home. You've been too long out on your own. Come sing with me. And he's been there all along, watching for you down the road. Come on. So come home running. His arms are open wide. His name is Jesus. He understands. He is the answer you are looking for. So come home running. Come as you are. He is the answer that you are looking for. He is my answer. The path of this truth is accessible to all, and it is available for all. Every car, every human being walking by outside, it is available to them. But sadly, not all will pursue and receive this truth of the gospel. Many will reject the gospel. Many will hear the truth, and they will follow the ways of Baal. They will follow the ways of Jezebel. They will follow the ways of Ahab. Many will turn away from their faith, apostasy, just like in John 6, what we talked about. But when Jesus asks this question, you do not want to leave too, do you? Just like what we went over last week, may we answer as Peter responded. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. And then Jesus says, have I not chosen you, the twelve, yet one of you is a devil. Talking about Judas Iscariot, who though one of the twelve was later to betray him. Even among the chosen, there are those who will reject the gospel. May Christ always become your answer in all that you do, in all the seasons of your life. No matter what you go through, may Christ be your answer. Jesus made it very clear in Matthew 16 that whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. And he makes it very clear, and I'm closing with this, and for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Meaning nefesh, soul represents your life. For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. And he will reward each person according to what they have done. You want to be a disciple of Christ? Deny yourself and follow and pick up the cross and follow him. You must lose yourself in order for you to gain yourself. You must surrender your life. Surrender your life to Christ. For that is the greatest decision you'll ever make in this life. 
goes on, the cost of being a disciple in Luke 14. It reminds us that if anyone comes to Christ and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brother and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. It's not saying go hate your father and mother. It's not saying go hate your brothers and sisters and even your own life to hate your own life to become a disciple of Christ. By saying you need to choose Christ above everything, above every idols, above every hardships, you need to say to yourself, Jesus Christ is my answer, that he is my hope, in my hopelessness as Elijah was hopeless under that tree saying that he cannot continue on he cannot go on we know that it is Christ that strengthens us as Christian men and women of God count the cost count the cost for in this journey many will travel you will walk with a lot of individuals, Christian individuals. But only few will walk this path. Just like Elijah, he was the only one left. He was the only one left. And even in moments of defeat, it is not over. Elijah found hope in God and God gave him rest and God gave him food understand this that many will harden their hearts and many will claim to hear God's voice and many will be led astray by their own ambitions and by their own desires but let us remember the words of Jesus found in Matthew 7, verse 13 to 14. The title says, The Narrow and Wide Gates. In count of three, can we all read it together? Ready? It's on the screen. Ready? One, two, three. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few finds it. That's the truth and the reality of the gospel. Many will walk and enter through that white gate, that wide path that leads to destruction. But only a few, those who are true disciples of Jesus Christ, will enter the narrow the road that leads to life is your answer do you say in your own heart right now that Christ is your answer I pray that you would say to yourself that Jesus is my answer again starting with who he is point number one he is supreme no other name can compare to God. He is supreme. Why? 
because he says of himself, I am who I am. I am who I am. I am omnipotent. I am omnipresent. I am omniscient. I am a gentle whisper. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Point two, he is my helper. Good. What's the word for helper? Ezel. Ezel Kenito. Ezel. It's not Spanish, Arlene. My strength. It's like, Ezel, Ezel. Diner, Ezel. Calling the waiter. My strength, my shield, my portion, my deliverer, my shelter, my strong tower, my foundation, and my help. And lastly, he is my answer for those who are listening here today. Jesus Christ is the answer that you're looking for. He will help you in your time of need. He has helped me many times, and he will also help you. He is your only hope. If you allow him, hope in Christ, for he is with you and he walks with you. Abide in Christ. Abide in him, John 15. Abide in Christ. Remain in Christ. Know who he is. Know that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one can go to the Father except through Christ. Know the truth of Jesus Christ, John 14. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Do you believe it in your heart? Do you accept it in your heart, in your nefesh, your soul, your being to the core of who you are? Do you accept it? Do you receive it in faith? If you do today, you are so blessed. You are blessed beyond measure. You are the greatest gift that anyone could ever ask for. More than any riches, more than any fame, more than any fortune, Jesus Christ is your beginning, your middle, and your last. May you count the cost of discipleship. May you know what it takes to be his disciple. May you count the cost. If you think it's too much, don't do it. Don't do it. Because it's going to be too much for you, and you will fall away, and you will walk away. If you cannot love Christ, more than your family. If you cannot love Christ, more than your addictions. If you cannot love Christ, more than your relationships, more than your friendships, do not do it. Because later you will fall away. But if you can do it, and you know what it takes to pick up the cross and to follow him, continue on. Even when you fall, continue on. Don't give up. Pick up the cross and follow him. Pick up the shield, pick up the sword, put on the helmet of salvation, put on the breastplate of righteousness, get your feet ready with the readiness of the gospel, the shield of faith to, to go against the flaming arrows of the evil one, put on the full armor of God, and may you continue to fight this good fight, and as Elijah, like Elijah, may you continue to seek after him. If you need to bow down, I want to encourage you to bow down. If you need to close your eyes, I want to encourage you to close your eyes. But in your own time before the Lord, let us pray together. 
let us take a moment right now to pray to our Heavenly Father and tell Him what is in our hearts. Let's ask the Lord, God, be my Ezeh. My Ezeh. Help me, Lord. Help me, God, in this time. I need you, Lord. Lord, you are my answer. You are the answer that I'm looking for. God, I tried to look for answers all the wrong places. But Lord, I have found my answer. And it is found in Christ. And it is found in you. My Ezeh, come. Come and rescue me. Come and strengthen me. Come and restore me. For I need your help, God. Come and help me, Lord. I'm in a desperate need of your touch. Can we come together and cry out to the Lord, our Father in heaven together. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we just come before you, God, here today. Holy Spirit, I ask, God, that you come and strengthen the hearts of your children here in this place. I pray, God, that you help us to understand that, God, that you are our helper. God, I declare today, God, that you are my helper. That you are my Isaiah. You are the one who helps me in my time of need. You are the one who restores me. God, whom should I be afraid? Whom should I fear? What should I ever be afraid of? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, oh God. You walk with me. You guide me. You strengthen me. And you lead me every step of the way. So God, I pray that you come and have your way within me. Transform me, oh God. Help me to know the truth of the gospel. To know you more in an intimate way. That God is not a fairy tale that we learn growing up. At church when we're young. But Lord God, it is by faith. It is the truth of your word. The revelation of your word may be revealed in our hearts and God may sprinkle down into our hearts. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts or may be pleasing in your sight, O oh God. Speak to us, God, for we are hungry and desperate. Speak to us, Lord, for our desperate need of your touch. was afraid and ran for his life when he came to Beersheba and Judah he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness he came to a broom bush sat down under it and prayed that he might die I have had enough Lord he said take my life I am no better than my ancestors then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep all at once an angel touched him and said get up and eat he looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank, and then lay down again. 
the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by the food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Ura, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, and put down your prophets to death. With the sword, I am the only one left. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord, God, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Came a gentle whisper. Heavenly Father, meet us in our brokenness. Meet us in our hopelessness. Meet us where we are. We're in need of your touch. Today, God, we declare today not just with our mouths, but with our hearts, with our soul, mind, and strength, that, God, you are my helper. You are our helper. You help us, Lord. When we need help, you are there. You are as a, you will never leave us nor forsake us. You will never leave us abandoned like an orphan out on the street, afraid and scared without any protection. But, Lord, you welcome us into your family, to be part of your family, to be your child, to be called a child of God is the greatest, single greatest privilege and honor. No matter how young and old we may be, it is the greatest honor that we can have in this life. So God, we surrender everything at your feet. We lay them down at your feet. And we choose today to pick up the cross and to follow you. And we count the cost, the cost of discipleship. We understand what it takes, Lord. It takes our everything, not some, not a little bit, not when it's convenient for me, but all of it now I lay it at your feet, Jesus. I lay them down at the feet of our Lord Jesus. We give you all the glory and all the honor. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and we pray. And God's people pray. Amen. And amen. I sing because of who you are. Before we do the path of life in Jesus, uh, let's declare who God is. Again, Jehovah Jireh, Jireh, which in other words is Yahweh Ire, means He is our provider. Uh, Jehovah Nisi is the banner, that He is our banner. So because of His banner, you reign victory. Jehovah Shalom, we know what that means. Shalom means peace, my prince of peace, the king of peace. So with that, can we all stand to our feet? And let's start with the verse, because of who you are, I gave you glory. Let's sing together.
sing the path of life in Jesus and we'll end the service with a benediction. all pray together. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And now, may the unending pursuit, may the unending grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, now may the God of peace, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip us with everything good for doing his will. May he work within us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And as God's people we pray, amen. Amen. And amen.